Hello, Michael. How are you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's In The Line Out. And uh, I'd also like to welcome the listeners as well. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, an interesting uh, week in rugby terms with the announcement of the Six Nations, isn't it, um, Michael? What's your reaction to this the squad announcement? Well, I suppose um, the, the, it was a squad of 36 players named. And of course... There was there was a few uh, surprising selections uh, thrown in there as um, Andy Farrell I suppose is largely gone with experience in that uh, there's only two one cap players have been called up. Um, we've had Tom O'Toole is one from Ulster and the other one being Craig Casey. Craig Casey definitely well I suppose he has impressed for the Ireland under twenties and has shown flashes of brilliance for for Munster. But it is a little bit of a surprising selection given uh, his uh, lack of game time that uh, suddenly how a player who's not first choice for Munster is all of a sudden called into the Irish squad. And then you look at the likes of John Cooney and Luke, Luke McGrath are all first choice, but they have been left out of the equation. And similarly, you could say the same about Jameson Gibson Park being uh, included in the Irish setup, but yet Luke McGrath was playing ahead of him in the biggest game of the season last weekend. So... That that is 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 surprising to an extent. And Tom O'Toole, well, while he's a player with potential, you know, he does he doesn't always start. To, like Marty Moore has often preferred him at Ulster, and then like Eric O'Sullivan has been uh, colossal in some big games for Ulster, but he hasn't even got a look in. And then I suppose the you know it's a, it's a, a one player I can understand. It's getting a game, not getting much of a look in is Dave Carney. Uh, 19 tries and 23 appearances for Leinster. He was not even in the squad for Leinster last weekend and naturally not in the, the reckoning at international level. So I don't know what he's, he's doing wrong in one sense. So I suppose uh, it's a pity then from, from an injuries point of view that uh, there's a lot of players uh, that are short in game time, like Ian Henderson has be, been on the sidelines of late, uh, there's been, there's been a, Andrew Conway has been out of the equation for personal reasons. And then Johnny Sexton has been in and out all year through injury. And it's, it remains unclear if he lasts the full 80 minutes or not. Ian Henderson, Stuart McCluskey, all players that are short in game time as well. And Dave Kilcoyne is another one. Dave Kilcoyne, of course, has just uh, came on as a sub and played about 16 minutes against Leinster. And, Yet Andy Farrell has only chosen to go with two loose head props. If, God forbid, Keane Healy gets injured, our only option, backup option, is a player that has played just 16 minutes of serious level rugby in the past couple of months. So you would be concerned for how threadbare we are in that, in, in that, in that department. And then I suppose, like, uh, there's a, there's, Maddie would have been a surprise to see Gavin Coombs left out of the equation, but such was the competition in the back row. Something had to give, despite his electrifying form for Munster this year. And, you know, Reese Ruddock got included for, for Leinster in the back row. But again, I think that was a, a justified decision in my view. And then from a Connacht perspective, Alton Dillan has been taken on uh, on board as as Queen Roo and Dave Heffern and, and Bundyaki. Alton uh, Dillan and Queen Roo are definitely there on merit, but they're being considered very much as, as squad players. Finley Bealham, in my eyes, can consider himself very hard done by. And naturally, Bundyaki is another one of those injured players, short in game time. Jack Cartier is an omission. Yes, I know he had that great performance against Leinster, but 
Having said that, it seemed to be a flash in the plan. He hasn't really done enough either side of that performance to convince Andy Farrell to pick him. So all in all, there was a lot of the familiar faces with, with a few surprising selections thrown into the mix as well. I suppose, have you got, uh, looking at the starting 15, I know <laughs> many, a, many a good journalist and many a good media person tried to second guess uh, players that uh, maybe Andy Farrell would select in the starting 15 ahead of this game. But I suppose, who who are the few players we said that you would say will be definitely in the starting, in the starting 15 uh, for come the start of the Six Nations? Yes, I think. Uh, well, I was actually having a thinking about having a think about this, and I, I think this. Uh, well, I suppose I'll start with the backs. Uh, at full back, Hugo Keenan has to be the front runner. Uh, I, I, as I probably said on the show before, about Andrew Conway being the next best option, but he has been out of the equation for personal reasons recently. So it's kind of unfair to throw him into serious level international rugby when he's so short in game time. Hugo Keenan has to be the clear front runner for that position because he's been outstanding for Leinster. He's been very confident and assured and all aspects have been, of his game have been very impressive. Um, Bundiaki has been out of the equation as well lately through injury. And in that time, uh, Robbie Henshaw has been excellent and he was excellent again for Leinster last weekend. And Gary Ringrose is only just back from a broken jaw, but he was one of Ireland's best players for as long as he's fit. So I think... You know, we're looking at those in the centre. We're, we're looking at uh, Conor Murray and Keith Earls at half-back. On the wings then, you they're, they're, at the moment, there's an injury to Jacob Stockdale. So I think it'll be uh, Jordan Lammer and Keith Earls on the wings. Keith Earls, of course, is uh, pushing for all-time try-scoring record. Then in the front row, I think it's looking like Keen Healy, Rob Herring, and, and, and then Tyg Furlong, if he's fit, there's the word on the street is that Tyg Furlong is coming back and training with the squad, but he may not be match fit to play against Wales, given that he's been out from a series of injuries. So that's one position that's a you know not nailed down due to Tyg, Bur- Tyg Furlong's lack of game time. Uh, that that could pave the way for Andrew Porter to step up to the plate there, and then in the second row, uh, James Ryan is going to be is most likely if you are picking on form going to be going to be partnered by Ty Byrne, who was pushing back at back-to-back man-of-the-match performances for Munster. And then the back rows for Ireland were littered with options, but I still think it's going to be CJ Stander, Peter O'Mahony and Caelan Doris to make up the back row. That's it. And of course, uh, you know, the, the key thing to, uh, to in the Six Nations for, uh, for the Ireland team, and I think, you know, on and off in, uh, you know, in a couple of matches in the last year or so since Andy Farrell has come has uh, come into the mix and you know been become the manager was maybe sometimes sometimes in the scrum and maybe sometimes in lineouts depending on who are playing kind of areas that we had to work on we had to work on from time to time. What are your thoughts on that one? On which? On the on both the lineout and the um, the scrum when it comes to uh, the Six Nations, how we'll get on and against uh, in the Six Nations and those two in those two factors. Um, well, I suppose Paul O'Connell has been called up into the Irish backroom team to uh, to, to to address the lineup because that has been an area for, of concern for us, and especially it came to light in a bit in the Six Nations last year and in the Autumn Nations Cup too. So um, our hope is that Paul O'Connell can come in and 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 do something about it um, because we we definitely 
we, we definitely need that, that uh, firing on all cinders, especially against the likes of England and France. Um, James Ryan was outstanding in the lineup for Leinster against Munster last weekend. We need a commanding display from him in the big Six Nations games, but he's uh, come up uh, very much second best against Marlowe with Toje in the English lineup. So it's going to be a different kettle of fish to doing it against England besides doing it against Munster. So the performance there is key and the, the, the scrum is key as well for Ireland, especially against uh, the pack like England who have you have got a heavyweight pack and uh, it remains to be seen what uh, what they'll what they'll do there. One, I suppose, interesting take on that. I was listening there to a podcast on rugby and they were saying that Ty Byrne, despite his form, that he might he's not a conventional second row and that he may not play there for the England game because considering the attritional side that England are, Andy Farrell might go for a more brute force uh, second row, which might pave the way for Quinn Rue and maybe uh, Tyke Byrne might revert to the back row. So I suppose it'll be interesting to see what kind of team selection he goes for there. But either way, he'll have to nail it because performance in that area is key if we're to beat the lights of England and France. That's it. And uh, I suppose really looking at the teams now in the Six Nations, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, where, where can we get points? I know it's going to be kind of a, a tough enough, uh, it always is a tough <laughs> Six Nations, but uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the teams that will be playing uh, in the in the Six Nations? It's, uh, I suppose there's a, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different factors in it this year compared to last year, I suppose, um, that makes it difficult for all teams. But what are your thoughts in general on the, um, on the Six Nations? Um, on the on the teams he'll be playing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and how how do you think Ireland will get on? Um, to be honest, I think uh, it's a moment. It's looking like another third place finish again this year. Because, uh, well, I still see uh, England and France as being superior to Ireland. I think we can get wins against Wales, Scotland, and Italy. But I still think I I still think we'll fall short when we come up against the better sides like England and France. Yeah, we should still pick up the points against the likes of Scotland and and um, and Italy and that. But uh, as you, as you said there, it's uh, it's it's kind of it's going to be very hard to get points off there off uh, England and, and and France. And of course, then there's the whole thing about the you know France with, with the away games and things like that. How that'll pan out and how how that'll how that'll sort out. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it proves to be kind of a, a very interesting uh, interesting Six Nations in a, in one sense, isn't it? I well, we will see it. You know, it could be, it could be, could go either of two ways. It could be, it could throw up some exciting games, or it could be a bit predictable. And uh, you know, because from what we've seen last year, England and France, there's a serious golfing class between them and uh, the rest of the sides. And if the same happens again this year, then it won't, it won't be the exciting tournament that we've hoped. Uh, I'd hope that it wouldn't be the case, but to be honest, I think it's shaping up that way. That's it. And of course, moving on to the, the club scene now and re- reviewing the uh, Munster versus Leinster and Connacht versus Ospreys games. Um, you know, Leinster, of course, you know, we were, uh, that, that was more, that went as more or less as predicted um, with, uh, with um, Leinster winning that game, but only just now, Munster, Munster played very well in that game, didn't they? Yes, they did. To be honest, uh, you know, from a Munster perspective, they, it was a game that they should have won. And 
they, they, they hadn't beaten Leinster in three years and this was a real opportunity to do so. Um, they they played they, they played very well, but uh, not not scoring for for uh, like they failed to score for near six oh, well over sixty minutes of the game, and that's something they're going to have to correct going forward if they if they are to improve. But outside of that, uh, by by and large, you know they had they had they had actually played well for most of the game, and uh, they, they, there was a lot of good individual performances on their side from Mike Haley from. Ty Byrne in particular, who scored that try and was excellent at the breakdown. And Connor Murray had one of his best games in a while. So by and large, it was a good performance from Munster. But, you know, one can't help but think that not to be personal with JJ Hanron or anything, but just to call it as I see it, that uh, he missed two kicks at a crucial juncture in the game at either side of halftime. Now, in fairness, he was unlucky with the first one. It was a kick from just inside the halfway line and it hit the post a few inches to the right and that would have gone over and it would have been a great kick and a big confidence booster before half time. But the second one though, it was a very kickable penalty and top elite level out halves nailed those kicks in big games. And, you know, Leinster managed to trim the deficit on the scoreboard and it gave him confidence, you know, Munster missing such an easy penalty and it proved detrimental in the end. So, Monster, they're a team that uh, they're making progress, but I think that you know question marks have been raised about JJ Hanrahan and his his ability to kick under pressure. He answered them to an extent in the Claremont Avern game, but that was just seems to be a stand a standalone performance. That uh, Monster need if they, if they are to get to the next level, one of the things they're going to have to do, as well as improving on their uh, offensive uh, threat going forward, is definitely an out half uh, that will that will nail those kicks under pressure in big games that's it and uh, you know it's uh, it, it's great to see monster doing well and uh, just to, but it, it's encouraging when when you look at that performance and see how close monster works and answer it's it's encouragement it's encouraging for the rest of the season and uh, you know it'll be it'll be great to see some some better perform for some better performances and Hopefully they'll come up on up on top and get some get some great points on the board. And uh, I suppose moving on then uh, to Connacht, who narrowly lost out to uh, Ospreys. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that game and what what players stood out for you on both teams? What players stood out for me on both teams? Well, I suppose uh, starting with the Ospreys, uh, George North looked back to himself. He scored a try and was involved in others. And Reese Webb. Um, he scored two tries in the game. He, w- he would have been disappointed not to make Wales a squad for the Six Nations, but it showed no uh, real impact on his performance because uh, he scored two impressive tries. And uh, I suppose the experienced Dan Lydiate was outstanding as always. And it was impressive for Ospreys uh, getting their first win over Connacht or over any Irish side in five years, despite the absence of the talismanic Alan Wynne Jones. And then I suppose for Connacht, uh, the I suppose Paul Boyle was outstanding at number eight and scoring another try, um, as well as that. And Kieran Marmion, he made a great, uh, showed ba- a great bit of aggression on Kieran Williams, which led to the scoring of that breakaway try for Connacht. And Con- Connor Fitzgerald then, who was stepping in at out half in place of Jack Carty, he nailed some kicks, but he he was a bit jittery at times and. You know, earlier on, a mistake led to the scoring of the first try by George North and he could have defended better for a later try, but he did nail most of his kicks. 
So it was a bit of a mixed performance from him. But uh, by and large, it was a disappointing result for Connacht because they led by 12 points at half time and ended up losing by six. That's an 18-point turnaround at home. And now they've lost four home matches in a row. So it's, uh, it was a tough one to take for Connacht. That's it. And I suppose really looking looking at looking at their next game when that comes up, um, you you know, can they still pull this out of the back and start uh, you know, getting points in other games or you know, because they have been unlucky in some matches this, this year, haven't they? Um, well, I suppose uh they like the the Last last week, you know, they kind of, you know, they only have only have themselves to blame, really, you know, for for losing it uh, against the the Ospreys, and then, you know, like they also fell to defeats at home to Munster, which, you know, wasn't a bad performance, but you know, it wasn't exactly a great performance either, and then they were beaten fair and square by Ulster. So there has a, there has been a few disappointing results uh, results there. Not all of you know, not all of which that uh, they can be in bad look on. But certainly in the Champions Cup, you know, against uh, they were you know they made a great battle against Racing in the Bristol Bears. But in terms of the Pro 14, they will rue some missed opportunities. I suppose if you're asking if they can pull it out of the bag, now the next game is against the Dragons, who are a side that Connacht are capable of beating, and. It's one. It's one that they look to win, win comfortably, get 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 the conf, get, get the confidence back. There's there there's still, however, a sizable gap between themselves and Munster, who are top of the conference at the minute. And you know they, they but they they should pick up some points given the against the the caliber of opposition outside of the Irish provinces by and large are very beatable. So they should look to 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 pick up points in the remaining games, but. They will be disappointed with because with their home record because uh, one of the things that Andy Friend, the manager, targeted at the start of the season was ninety percent of victories at home, and have now lost four on the bounce in the sports ground. So definitely that uh, the, their home form needs to improve in the games ahead, but it should start on a winning note at the next week game against the Dragons. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for uh, taking the time out to do the, in the line out with us today. And uh, we look forward to uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, Aidan. Thank you. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was Michael Cook, our rugby correspondent.